If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of The Mind Pump, so of course we talk all about fitness, health, burning body fat, building muscle, but we also talked about current events and ourselves, another one of our favorite topics. I love that topic. So the first 40 minutes of this episode was that introductory portion of this episode. We started by talking about John Romano and Rich Gaspari, two of our favorite people in the fitness space. Champions. They actually came in yesterday and did some podcasts, and they'll be starting their own podcast. We love those guys. John Romano wrote, wrote some of the best articles I've ever read, um, and Rich Gaspari, uh, I consider him one of the best uncrowned Mr. Olympias of all time. But they also uh, ate a bunch of our skinny-dipped almonds, guys. Yeah. The hell. Uh, yeah. They are hard to resist. Skinny Dipped is one of our sponsors. We like skinny-dipped almonds because it's mostly almond with a little bit of chocolate. So the macro profile is really, really a good. A kiss of chocolate. Uh, if you go to skinnydipped.com forward slash mind pump and enter the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then Adam brings up how a certain supplement company is trying to work for us. How dare they? <laughs> We're not going to sign a deal with Satan. Yeah, yeah. Back away, Satan. Then we talked about how a judge in Mexico apparently said it's legal to have personal possession of cocaine. Mm, I know where we're going to party. <laughs> then we talked about how the 15 of the world's largest ships actually create more pollution than all of the cars in the world combined. Holy ship. In a, <laughs> that was, that was, yes. Uh, I talked about the secrets of saliva. That's right. There's some secrets behind your saliva. Uh, Adam brought up the show it's Wayward gross. Pines on Hulu. I haven't seen it. Justin talked about Mindhunter on Netflix. Uh, I talked about a study uh, regarding cannabinoids and pancreatic cancer. Some promising research there in animals. Uh, we talked about how Airbnb had one of their biggest days ever. We love Airbnb. And then we talked about Gillette and how they had to change their ad campaign. Apparently, talking shit to your consumer base is a bad strategy. Whoops. So they, they had to reverse that a little bit. Uh, and then we talked about uh, how we got rankinged in ma men's health for one of the top fitness podcasts. Thanks, guys. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. First fitness question, uh, what is the importance of grip strength training? Like, should you incorporate strengthening your grip in your workouts, and you know, Justin and Adam can't keep a secret, and they revealed how we have a new program coming out. It's in, coming in the next few days, but that's all we're going to tell you. We're not going to tell you what it is. You're just going to have to hang tight. The next question: How does your training change once you hit your 40s? Is it possible to still get in peak physical condition? Since I'm the only 40-year-old <laughs> in the room, yeah. although Justin is right behind me, oh. and Adam's I coming up, up to you, man, and resisting the fuck out of it. Adam is really resisting this. <laughs> <laughs> we talk all about trading uh, as you get older. Next question: This person wants to know how things have changed for us now that we focus more on health than aesthetics. Now that we work out for our health versus aesthetics. And the final question, this person wants to know if does if getting sweaty means you're having a good workout. Sweaty Betty. Also, this month, for the first time ever, Maps Prime and Prime Pro are both 50% off. They're both half off. Now, Maps Prime teaches you how to prime your body properly before your workout. Now, priming is a fancy way of saying warm up, but it's far more than warming up. A good priming session gets you to activate your muscles better, gets you better mobility, 
it improves the effectiveness of your current workout. So whatever workout you're doing now, if you do a good individualized 10 to 15 minute priming session, you're going to get better results. And that's what Maps Prime does. It actually individualizes your priming session. So you're going to have your own unique priming session versus someone else. Now, Maps Prime Pro, that's about correctional exercise. So if you want better mobility or if you have pain in any of your major joints, get Maps Prime Pro. And if you're a trainer, these programs have tremendous value for you that you can present to your clients. Again, they're 50% off. Just go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code PRIME50. That's P-R-I-M-E-5-0, no space, for the discount. Who ate all these skinny dip bags? That Bro, I that's uh, Romano and Gaspari. It wasn't me this time, No, dude. it was yeah, it was Romano and Gaspari. When they were here yesterday, I, they were chowing down on it. Were they really? Yeah. <laughs> so they like our, our the, the, the nitro coffee that we have at the front. I um, think so. That's what I'm looking at in front of me right now. Right now I see that they've got, looks like the... Looks like the dark chocolate and the and the, nit- peanut- and the nitro brew peanut yeah. butter and the mint ones. I tried to hide the peanut butter ones. How'd they find those? <laughs> I can't believe there was some left, Justin. How dare! You. I think the dark the dark chocolate or the mint goes the best with the coffee. Yeah, were they just, were they seriously munching on them yesterday while yeah, they were absolutely. podcasting? And they yeah. were liking them. Yeah, we did four podcasts with them yesterday. And so they were hungry, right? So yeah, they were podcasting. Nothing hard. better than uh, some skinny dip for a snack. <laughs> <laughs> great! What a good time with them. You know, I tell you what, I'm really, I'm actually really excited for their their podcast. Oh, dude, you don't know, man. For me, it's a it's a treat. Like they were so they're so grateful that we're you know we had them use our studio and all that. But for me, it's an honor. I, I've been reading Romano's articles for decades. Um, and Gaspari is one of the, the greatest He's a legend. bodybuilders of all time. And they're both super nice, super humble, gracious uh, people. Um, Gaspari at one point had one of the fastest growing supplement companies ever. I think, what was he telling us? His company at one point was generating like some tens of millions of dollars a month. Yeah. Insane. Uh, but now they're starting a podcast. So uh, it's just cool that we can help them do something. And they're, I'm sure they're going to have great information. So it's a lot of fun. Really yeah. Cool. We, we ain't, and Mark Bell stopped by too, which is great. Mark's he's, such a great, he's such a nice dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a good, good guy. Good guy. Not a lot of people, I think, start off on the wrong foot with me and then win me over as much as he has. He brought that up, by the way. He did? Yeah. So we were all, so we were all in the studio. It, it was uh, Romano Gaspari, um, me and uh, Bell, and we we're all in here. And they were talking about how they, how he knew us or whatever. And he's like, yeah. He goes, the first time they interviewed me, he goes, I was on the phone in my car, you know, on my cell phone. And he goes, and they wouldn't let me live it down or whatever. And he's joking about <laughs> it. And I'm, like, you, and I'm like, you went us over, though, big time, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. no, true, true yeah, story. Yeah, it was like a 180. I, I feel like I, I have a pretty good read on people when I meet them. And if I, normally if I kind of don't like you when I first meet you, it's tough to, to win me over. It's almost 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's, yeah it's really <laughs> tough. shut you down. But Mark has definitely done that, man. He's for sure good people, really good dude. Nice of uh, him to come by yesterday. He, he jumped on their podcast. Bro, he looks good. No, he's, he's, I know. He's like jacked even more than last time I saw him. He's been looking good for a he, while you now. You know what he told me yesterday? That he eats, his diet is like 80 percent 80 to 90 percent carnivore yeah yeah like almost he's, he's like i have some fruit sometimes but that's pretty fruit, much it. potatoes or whatever but yeah yeah for the most part he's carnivore i'm like how do you maintain uh, that makes me shrink when yeah, i do that you yeah. know what i mean uh, he, it definitely it works, works for yeah. some people speaking of supplement companies you said you wanted to read oh i got something for you guys something special came in my inbox so Ooh, i'm excited uh what just what two days ago uh, men's health highlighted us. So 
Yeah, golf. shout out to Men's Health. Golf, yeah. golf clap, please. Recognizing golf clap, please. Ah, in the same Thank category as Julie Michaels. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a backhanded compliment, right? <laughs> no, hey, you guys should have listened to that DeFranco. He did a, an episode on it. It was so funny. He was going off about it because they, they, it, they, when they're writing the the write up about his show and everything, they they told him that he was a lot. Like he's like the only other oh, person yeah. that's told me that's my wife. Oh, I saw that. Sometimes DeFranco's a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's just a lot. You know? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I I really appreciate the fact that Men's Health named us one of the best fitness podcasts. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that except, was cool. Except they misspelled my name. But here's the annoying part about that. Hmm. They didn't miss. Most people misspell my last name, and that's understandable. De Stefano. Sure. It's a long Italian last name. I've never. Ever seen Sal oh, misspelled? Sal, 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 Sal. There were two L's. Sal. You're, you're so extra. Yeah. You needed an extra L. Yeah. You know, Justin was pumped because they they announced him first, right? Because everything else is like Sal, that Justin, never happens. Sal, I'm Justin, last. Adam, or Sal, Adam, and Justin. <laughs> yeah, man. And it was Justin. Finally got it right. Justin, the favorite host, uh, yeah. and then Adam and the other guy, Sal. We can't even spell his name right. Oh my! Wait a minute. You're the other guy now. The other guy. What the hell's yes. happening here? No, but that was it's another cool. dimension. But was it cool. was kind of a backhanded compliment because it was, you know, we I think we were number five of the fifteen uh, must listen to podcasts, and I was like, yeah, five is respectable. Although I think we should be number yeah, one if it's around Greenfield fitness. on there and yeah. DeFranco. Those are the other two I even like. But you acknowledge one got, of the podcasts got, was a music podcast. You got how whoop, does that even compare? Yeah, you got Whoop the Pod Run one and uh, Julian Michaels, and you just lost all credibility yeah. after that. Like, but no, They're shout pod- out to. But because of that, of course, because. Men's Health is so big. They, I mean, of course, uh, I got a bunch of emails, and one of the emails I received, I wanted to wait to share and read with you guys. Yeah, I'm excited because you're like, dude, on, we on, got a crazy offer or something like that. Yeah, right? on the on the podcast. Finally. So uh, this this comes from Julie. Uh, I won't I won't say her last name. It's a company. You guys will figure out in a minute what she works for. She says, "Hi, Adam. Hope you're doing well. Congrats on being a new dad." Our team has been searching for the perfect type of people to partner with for an upcoming campaign with MuscleTech, a a world-class leader in the supplement industry. We're very interested in working with you for this. Aside from an educational component, your content generally makes me laugh. You really show your personality on a platform. You rarely catch, catch a glimpse of a real person behind the camera. Are you open to discussing a collaboration? I can share some more details on the campaign themes, messaging, and other questions you might have. Look forward to hearing from you. Do me a favor. Reply like this. No thank you, Satan. <laughs> we will not be working Stop with- Stop tempting me. Hold so on a second. Who, who, who owns Muscle Tech? A Chinese company. Really? Bought them a while ago, yeah. What? Yeah, a big Chinese company really? bought them a long time it's ago. It's not Julie? No. No. So we're gonna be, we're gonna be, so hold on a second. It's a nice email. Muscle Tech, the makers of Cell Tech, the the company that owns them also owns HydroxyCut. Uh, can I just say Xenadrin. Can I just say oh, at, at seventeen if I would have received this email? Oh, I would have I would have I would have been over the world. Yeah. Over the moon. Just this would have been the most amazing email. I ever could have received. Oh, there's the stats on them. Yeah. They sold in. Wow, hey, bro. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. There's an, th- that's not a, that's not the right number. They sold for seven hundred million. That can't be right. In, yeah. in 2016, Sal. Yeah, no, I did. I read it for it was seven hundred million. I read somewhere else. We need that's Wikipedia. That can't be right. Bro, but Whew. the company that five bought them five is nothing, bro. If they sold for five, no, there's, this- there's no way. There's no way. It has to. We have to look up somewhere else, Doug. I don't think that's right. But the company that owns them now is I can't. I don't know if it's pronounced right. 
Zi Wang. I think it's pronounced Shi Wang or Shi Wang. Shi Wang. Shi Wang. Shi Wang. Shi Wang. Oh, baby, when she moved, she moved. It's a Chinese. So, yeah, so let's work with Muscle Tech, the makers of all the supplements we rail against, owned by. Chinese company, China being communist, I can't do it. I can't yeah, do it. No, Sorry. We can't, we can't go there. The can't do it. The ultimate. Yeah. You couldn't pay us enough. We're way too capitalist. The ultimate sellout. So what do you want me to say back? Do you want me to say that? You can't afford us? Just be like, you can't actually do that. I want to see what they st- how much they offer. Yeah. Be like, sorry. They're like, we're, we're too $100 expensive. million dollars we'd like to offer you. <laughs> $1 billion. Your deal, yeah, your deal with us would literally have to, be, would be, have to be so big that we retire because it would destroy our business. The again. only reason why yeah. I'm afraid to say that because I'm afraid to get something back that's like, are you sure you would get a lifetime of supp- supplements and we give you 25% commissions on our affiliate? <laughs> yeah. like, no. And then I'd be just angry, dude. Remember just when, God, remember when, when working with Muscle Tech meant you were like big time? <laughs> Bro, yeah, that was that, the, That's the standard. You made it. I yeah. mean, I, I, I had, I probably took more muscle, I took more Nitro Tech and Cell Tech than probably any other supplement I've taken. Really? Yeah, no, if I look back at like all the brands that I went on as kick, I would say that 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 time frame for me, so I don't know what years that is. It, it, if I, it was around high school time for me, if mm. I recall. Were they Celtech? Was that yes. part of that? Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah, yes. that was a big one for me. Yeah, yes. 75, I don't even take a lot of supplements when I took that. 75 grams of sugar with some creatine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the creatine loading. Right? It almost gave me diabetes. Yeah. 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 It's what it and did. you had the load. But you need to pair that with a good simple No, they, they, they have you load it like crazy, so you're, you you literally take like fucking 900 calories of sugar for yeah. the, <laughs> every day for it's, like it's a grape. week. You're like, grape. And then if you're a skinny guy trying to build a muscle like me, you're like, oh, Oh shit! I've already gained like two pounds this week for the worst work, bro. They had me sold, bro. Oh, we were going down and getting cell tech like by the jugs. Like I'd have four like I had lined a bucket up. Of it. Oh yeah. yeah, no, always. Oh so. dude, there's, there's the Shuang company also owns uh, Zenadrin. Remember Zenadrin, the original Zenadrin? Yeah, that was Ephedra. That was good times. So they own own Zenitrin and HydroxyCut? HydroxyCut, which is muscle tech, right? HydroxyCut's muscle tech. Wow, they bought both of those up? They own Zenitrin and they own- like the two same products. Yeah, they own some other big name stuff that I don't even know if they really even sell that much anymore, Man, I would love to see the the business curve on these guys. It would be interesting because I tell you what, when HydroxyCut- and Zenadrin were battling it out. Oh, yeah. they were big money, huge, oh, yeah. big money. I would love to see what what they peaked at revenue wise and where they've landed now. Today. Oh, it had to have been hundreds of millions of dollars. It Fat, had to have been. Fat burners were the new answer. Well, I mean, here you are. You know, ephedra hits the market and people are taking it and they're like, "Wow, I'm losing weight because I'm not eating, and I'm not sleeping." And so it was the first diet pill that actually made you lose weight. And and I'm twitching every second. And and they owned one and two? I didn't know that. Well, I don't know if they owned it then. I know that the the Schwing company now- Schwing! Yeah. You have to say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the sound effect. You sound like That's like a asshole. comic book. Schwing, schwing. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the, if you were reading a comic book and someone gets an erection. Schwing. Yeah, schwing. Yeah. That's what happens. No, that's uh, from, what's that show? Yeah. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yeah, uh, Wayne and Garth. Did, did they, say, they said how? Yeah, when a, when a hot chick would walk by. Schwing. Yeah, uh, like they'd just be a normal conversation. That? Bro, you, know old, you know how old that movie is? Yeah, no, I It's like 25 We're educating years. the youth. I know. I know. Anyway, I know, wow. I know. So we made it, huh? Muscle Tech coming after us. Yeah. 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 Right. It's I, official. Isn't that funny how that all works, yeah. though? Like, I mean, I literally think that, that if when I was a kid getting into working out, like, that would just be unheard of. 
Oh, it would have been insane. Just crazy to think. Like, I'm pretty sure they won't sign us now, though, uh, after we drop this episode. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're just being honest. Probably yeah. not. Hey, uh, speaking of supplements, um, cocaine. I saw that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> a great one. And Whoa. <laughs> that's the next uh, portion of, there you go, like the fat burners, then you go to cocaine. Yeah. I saw on the forum that, did I read this right? They legalize cocaine somewhere? It's not, okay, it's not, that's not 100%. Decriminalize it? It's not 100% what it was. Okay. okay, okay, school me. So a Mexican judge ruled, this was a federal judge, ruled for the first time that two petitioners can possess cocaine. Now this means, this doesn't mean that it's legal to sell or buy, but the fact that you have cocaine in, in, in personal use possession this means that that is no longer illegal. Now, I don't know- Bro, that's a big how, deal. How much? Well, I don't know if this is going to go- This is a federal judge, but this doesn't necessarily mean it's like countrywide. It's just a it's just a new a new thing that may be going through, a new standard. Then so it'll is, have to go to the Supreme Court. In Mexico. In Mexico. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Mexico. You know what, though? Here's why I think they're looking at things this way. Mexico has had- They took a very aggressive stance- on the drug war, and it, all it did was cause way more violence with the drug cartels. Right. Mm-hmm. And the argument that you know economists have made for a long time, Milton Friedman made this argument all the time. He said, you know, indirectly, one of the the the, the jobs of the drug enforcement agencies is really to protect the drug cartels by, by eliminating competition. And if you really want to take out these drug cartels. Violence uh, isn't necessarily going to work. In, in fact, it uh, oftentimes doesn't. Look at you know where we're at now. You really want to take them out, outcompete them, right? Yeah. Take their product away from them. I mean, it killed the uh, the uh, the illegal alcohol market was killed mm-hmm. when alcohol became legalized. Oh, we're watching this with marijuana. Yeah. Now I don't know if this is necessarily the, a better answer. Maybe. I mean, I'm a, I'm in belief that I don't think it should be completely. You know, uh, you know, market based. I think there should be some regulation. I just think extreme regulation in the form of prohibition is not the right direction. Mm. Um, so I think if I think if they legalized it in a way that was, you know, I don't know if like alcohol, but it, it'd be interesting to see. I think I know Portugal uh, basically decriminalized all personal possession uh, of all drugs, and the result of that was less violence. Mm. Um, there were less. Overdoses. So if they catch you with it, they won't throw you in jail. Like, are, it's are just they, like how they started marijuana. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. That's how they started started the process of legalizing marijuana. It was first decriminalized for just having. You couldn't sell it. You couldn't right. grow it or make it right, but you could possess it. So in other words, they just stopped. Like, for example, no more of these. You get pulled over and you got a dime bag of marijuana in your pocket, and now you're going to jail for fucking a year. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, was, no more of that ridiculous. bullshit. So it's basically happening that because it's kind of like this thing. Where it's like. You know, so many people do take marijuana. So many people do cocaine. And it's like, are we really going to keep imprisoning all these people that are just getting high? They're not hurting anybody else. They're getting high on, on, a, on a Las it, Vegas weekend or some bullshit. And like, to be clear, if, if you do hurt someone because you're on drugs, that's the thing that should be yes. illegal. Like stealing and hurting people. It's not the fact that or you're- Or if they pull you over and you're high out of your mind on the substance. Oh, you're driving, right. Yes. You're driving because or- Because that is, you know, very dangerous. And public intoxication. I, I don't mind those laws. You know what I mean? You, you want to get drunk and smashed, stay in your house. If right. you want to be- I'm, I'm outside with my kids exactly. at the park walking around. Yeah, nothing in public. Yeah, that's-, that's that, I yeah, agree again, with you're, that. You're putting other people in danger, right? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. Right. But it's interesting. As soon as this judge uh, said, hey, legal po- you know, possession is not as decriminalized- 
Biz- new business proposals exploded in Mexico. We've got all these new, 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 new <laughs> all these nightclubs just are popping up. Everywhere. All these new business ideas yeah. instead of nowhere. <laughs> hey, we should go to work together. Yeah, I got a great idea. Yeah. Hey, you anyway. know what I read? I wanted to ask you if you've actually read anything to support this. I thought this was really interesting. It was on one of the, I think it was the Black Rifle Coffee guy. And it was an article talking about uh, pollution. And I thought this was because we've talked about pollution recently and you were talking about these, uh, you know, famous people that, you know, fucking fly over on their private jets and talk about how- Yeah, like who's the biggest offender. Right. Anyway, yeah. And the, the article was that 15 of the world's largest ships pollute the earth more than all the cars in the world. Yeah, when it comes to certain pollutants like Dude, sulfur, that's, that's true. That's insane. Isn't that? He said one, the article said that one of these ships This is true. This I've looked this up. It's, so if you don't believe us, you can pause and go to Google and look this up from a from and when it comes to particular pollutants like sulfur dioxide and I can't remember the other one, um, they produce way more. It's because they burn Heavy oil, or this it's a type of oil that's not refined. Cars produce a very refined type of oil. And so these 15 ships just pollute the fuck one, out of the earth. One ship is supposed to do more damage than 50 million cars. Mm-hmm. Dude, now, how have they made it that far without being like super regulated and changed that now, problem? I hear that. Well, that's also where all the fucking illegal stuff comes uh-huh. to, by the way. Yeah. I, you know, and talk about protecting protecting the drug market and mm-hmm. shit. So I hear that and I just you know, I I laugh when I see these other articles that are coming up where people are make trying to make the case for fucking cows them. farting. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you're talking about cows farting. Yes, and there's 15 ships that we could just like get rid of one ship. Yeah, one yeah. ship would probably handle like all the pollution of all the fucking cows farting, bro. Yeah, well, like, that's just such a terrible but but, fucking bullshit but argument. Here's the thing, though, it's not that easy, right? Because these massive ships. They uh, ship uh, yeah. a lot of our products and things between countries. What we don't realize is this, is that the, the world is so heavily dependent on uh, petroleum and oil that if we were to, to just pass crazy these kind of laws, like, okay, that's it. We need to get rid of three of these ships. It would dramatically reduce the quality of life for a lot of people. And I don't mean like quality of life, like, oh, I don't have like nice things. I mean... A lot of poor people will become so poor that they'll starve. Yeah. It's it's not as easy as people think. It's way more complicated. Well, it just points me to innovation. Why don't they look into innovative ways to reduce Amazon? Amazon. Yeah, reduce that pollution. Well, okay. Amazon's moving their way. Into well, all that, here's dude. the thing: there are lots of regulations in there that make it more difficult to innovate. Yes, that's- but here's the second thing: let's say for a second that a form of energy was discovered that was cheaper easier to transport and store, and more plentiful than oil. Let's say, and, and this is true now. I know people are arguing like, no, the sun. No, 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 bullshit. N- nuclear power? Yeah, no, the problem with the sun is that, you know, you can capture that energy, storing it and transporting it. You lose lots of energy. It's not reliable. If there was something that was reliable, cheap, and plentiful, the market would adopt it immediately. If I'm a company, if I'm a big company, and I could find an alternative energy source mm-hmm. that was cheaper, more plentiful, and easier to transport... I would outcompete my competitors by sw- simply switching. Switching it up, yeah. So if it existed, it would happen. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. It's not there. It's not nearly as, as simple as people think it yeah, is. Yeah, of course. You know, so it's way more complicated. But I like that you brought that up because you have all these celebrities like <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio is my favorite. You know, love the guy as an actor, great actor, but he needs to stop with his, you know, his his, his virtue signaling with his massive, you know. 
$300 million yachts that he, and jets and stuff like that <laughs> as he's flying around yeah. lecturing everybody. Come on, bro. You want to uh, really help? Just just stop that. Yeah. Just stop that one thing right there. So funny. Anyway, dude, I read an interesting article on saliva. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what spawned this? So random. Great yeah. transition. You like yeah. that? <laughs> you swap so, and spit and reading at the same you, time? So there are, uh, so you know how when you, you cut yourself instinctually, you want to put your mouth on it, you yeah. know, when you're a kid or whatever? Yeah. You want to instinct, right? And you ever wonder why we do that? Like, why do we instinctly, yeah, instinctually? My assume my assumption of that is that to keep it clean, right? Like if you were to slice your hand back in the days and bacteria or something were to get in it, it would get an infection. So I, my thought is the net, the initial reaction when you get a wound like that, and I, it may be the same reason why dogs do it too, yeah. too. If you have a wound, they lick it and clean. I think that's a source, a way What's of cleaning. What's it called to like thicken the blood? What's that? Uh, to help it uh, coagulate. coagulate. Yeah. yeah, coagulate. There are enzymes in saliva that do help stop bleeding. So that's one of them. And then there's also a compound that they've, that they've identified in saliva that's actually a more powerful painkiller than any of the opiates we have on the market. Really? What? Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, and actually I can pull up the name of it because uh, I can't remember what the name was. But they're looking, to, uh, they're looking at this, this compound and they're trying to figure out how they can develop it and use it as a painkiller. Hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't even have thought that. Yeah, it's uh it's called uh opio orphan. Opi orphan. That's what it is. It's a painkiller that's six times more powerful than morphine. Now when it's you in your saliva. Now if you <laughs> if if it's if it works with the your receptors that receive like opiates and stuff, just like Vicodin or you know, drugs like that, that's kind of crazy. And when you say that, because that also makes me think this is also what makes like kissing and making out so great. Yeah, so yeah. Think about that. You're swapping all this Gotta saliva. More French kiss action. That's the, when you get opiate. It's a euphoric, uh, positive feeling that you get. Mm -hmm. Happiness. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. When you get happy feeling like that, you get this rush of a, of uh, opiate, right? Yeah. That, so that's the same concept. I would think if you were making out with somebody Unless and this got is got breath and, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and they have this saliva, that's part of what makes that so great too. Well, um, when it comes to kissing, because that's an interesting one too. Why, why the hell do we kiss each other on the mouth that way? Um, uh, evolutionary scientists think that we're actually tasting each other's uh, genetic compa compatibility. Mm. So when you kiss someone, you know they always say you know when you kiss someone or there's sparks. You ever kiss somebody that you think you like and you kiss them you're like, man, eh, yeah. yeah, I don't think I like yeah. you. Yeah. Or other times, like, eh, maybe I like her. You kiss her and you're like, wow, I really like her. Yeah. They that you're able to actually test the your gene compatibility through the saliva. So as you're kissing you're picking up on whether or not you guys are compatible, genetically speaking, to procreate is one of the reasons. Kind of weird, right? That is so weird. much math going on everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you there's know. a lot of stuff that happens when we're not that we're not conscious of. I know. You know, that we just do that we think is weird. Like here's another one. You ever see a you ever when you see a cute baby, you ever like grit your teeth? Or you ever, you ever hear people say like, oh, I just want to bite his little cheeks. No, I, I want to eat his little hand or something like that. I've, I wanted to ask you that. I think we you wow, mentioned it off you. air. Um, I do that with uh, the dogs. When I go to when I feed dogs. Yeah, I, you grit your teeth. I, I grit my teeth really hard. Like it's to the point where, and I'm aware of it now that it trips me out every time I do it. Like, why do I do that? Yes, I'd same same thing here. If it's like a baby, like a chubby little baby, you just want to like gnaw on their little arm, their little chubby arm. And it's a weird thing to say. It's a weird thing to say, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. So oh, I, yeah. I looked this up once, and they're not quite sure like why we do it. a log of dough. But they're not quite sure why we do it, but one of the theories is that, you know, for, for most of human history, 
babies, obviously, when they started eating solid food, they couldn't chew on right. solid I figured, food. Just like birds, right? We had to kind of probably chew it for them to help them digest uh, it. We had to chew it and then uh, sp- and then spit it out and yeah. then feed them. with. That's how we made baby food, basically. That's mm. so weird. Is that's we, true. We, we I'm glad we moved on from there. <laughs> hey, Doug. <laughs> hey, Doug. I, I had a question. Did you Have you been uh, Have you been watching The Wayward Pines? I have. How far are you? I think I'm on episode number four. Oh, or you're so. off, you're still you're still you're, you're slowly moving. slowly getting through. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Why is it good? It it is good. It's really good. This I mean, is Hulu, right? Yeah, Hulu. Yeah. It's on there. It only Hulu. it only made two seasons, and the second season, I I think maybe Doug slowed down because I kind of ruined it for him. In the second season, I'm like mm. the second season, I I I'm less interested in, and my sister keeps selling me on stay with it, but she's like because all the things that you don't like about it right now, they kind of. Uh, re- they put it all together for you, and mm-hmm. it makes more sense. She's like, because I was like, yeah. the second season got going, and it just the first season was fire. Like it was super. It's you know, you said like this. The producers from Stranger Things were somewhat like a part of it. They're involved in it, and it's uh, M Night Shyamalan or whatever M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, that guy. You know what I'm saying? M Night Shyamalan. Isn't that how you say it? I think so. Shyamalan. Yeah, he's he's the one who wrote it. So he wrote it. Oh, cool. And then the Stranger Things guys worked on it too. So M Night is hit or miss for me. He is. Sometimes he's got some fire out there though. Yeah, but the ones he hits, he hits hard. Well, but he always tries to do that twist at the end though. Too much. Well, that's how. What the twist? I think that's how you get the feeling you get from this show is that. He, to me, the first season, it's a home run. It's just the whole season was great. I binged the shit out of it. It's not that often where a show can get me like where I want to watch the whole thing in a weekend's yeah. time. Mm. Uh, he got that for me. And then epi- the season, second season, I just kind of it kind of lost it a little bit Started for me. Out a little. <clears throat> and my sister was the one who turned me on to it, and she's like, "You got to keep watching it." She's like, it "Gets better, it gets mm. better." And I'm like, ah. "Mind Hunter." Have you guys watched that yet? Love it. Great show. Yeah. No, Great I've show. Never seen yeah, it. dude. It gets all into the psychology of uh, serial killers, and then they basically interview these serial kill- serial killers, and then try and apply those. Uh, those same methods that they describe to, to catch other ones that are bro, out there. you're into de- like demented people. Uh, yeah, I want to figure killers, them out, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. I know I'm getting a little yeah, worried over dude. here. <laughs> no, I'm, to- I'm, 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 I got my radar. I got my like, uh, you know, antenna out. Like I'm looking for these motherfuckers. You sure you're not like, oh, why do I? Why do I have these thoughts? Yeah. Is this normal? I'm not guessing myself. A lot of that show too, Justin, is is based off of real events too, right? Yeah. So, well, it it's, it's some fiction of the, in terms of like, uh, right. Yeah, the the show of it, but yeah, they they re reenact a lot of like the true accounts. Like so, it took it to, Mar- Mar- not Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson. Yeah, and they also like like so serial killers wasn't even a real thing. Like yeah, that was, that until was like, like the sixties or seventies. Yeah, right? yeah, like it was. It was a. It was a. Well, I mean, the worst. Well, they killers. were there, but they didn't really. No, that's what nobody I mean. was willing to go like actually interview them and be like and get into the details of why they did what they, they didn't did. Didn't make them celebrities like they did later on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, no, which a lot of well, they were like. So Charles Manson was like a celebrity, but it was like. I don't know on some weird level where they were like trying to basically reverse engineer what like everything that was involved. So with there's it. this this is this brings up an important point that there there's a psychological phenomena that happens. Yeah, Doug brings up Jack the Ripper. He was one of the more famous uh, serial killers back in the day. Yep. That there's a psychological phenomena that happens with people who are on the brink. Okay, so when you have a society uh, as big and connected as ours, right? How many people are in America? I don't know how many. Hundreds of millions of people in America. 300 million, I think. 350. 350. Thanks, Doug. Last time you counted. So <laughs> My census. <laughs> yeah. So 350 million people in America alone, there's going to be, even if it's half of a 
half of a half of percent of people who are on the brink that still accounts for thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes all it takes is a little nudge. And so what you had, like the phenomena that happened in the 60s and 70s, is you had serial killers getting all this publicity, kind of becoming celebrities, and it spurred more Copycat. of yes, yeah. lots of other people to start becoming serial killers. Some psychologists think this is what happens with mass shootings as well. Mm. You'll have one mass shooting, it gets all this publicity, mm -hmm. and then you get all these other people who are crazy on the brink who are like, that looks like a good idea because we don't really hear about serial killers anymore, do we? No. It's it's not it's not like a phenomenon right now. The phenomenon now is mass shootings. Well, that might be purposeful too, and they kind of go into that in the show a little bit, like with one of the serial killers. He's like, he's like, yeah. So you guys have figured this out for the ones that you've actually caught, you know. But the, there's a lot more out there, like yeah. using these same tactics. Crazy. Yeah. Well, speaking of of TV shows, so do you guys ever watch? Um, like anime? Do you guys ever watch like cartoon anime that kind of stuff? Nope. Yeah. So I, I don't. So <laughs> just so, the porn. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the ones with tentacles. Yeah. Um, so I I don't really watch it either. But there was one that I watched a long time ago. I feel like you're lying. It, I swear. It was called uh, Attack on Titan. You guys ever hear about this one? No. Anyway, it was all it was real popular. No. I watched it a long time ago, and when my son was, this was a huge mistake on my part. It's a big one of my biggest regrets. Ever as a parent, you'll learn this, Adam. I'm sure Justin's already had these moments. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. You're gonna do something to your kid, and then for the rest of your life, you're gonna be like, "Did I scar him? <laughs> you know, did I? Oh no! I think that one thing I did <laughs> might have ruined him." So anyway, I totally misjudged. I thought my son was old enough. He was like nine. It's <laughs> just saying it now is so ridiculous. Anyway, this anime is for adults, and it shows like it's it's kind of scary. It shows some horrid shit. Like there's these big monsters called titans and they're big humanoid looking things and they're they walk around naked but they have no genitals and they they eat people and they'll eat them yeah that's uh, appropriate sounds yes. terrible yes. i don't know what the fuck i was thinking oh, i think God. i was trying to be cool you know what i mean like i we're cool right buddy yeah. he's like nine or ten so i showed him an episode and it traumatized the fuck out of him i remember we watched it and one of the humanoid monsters picked something and they have these weird looking smiles on their faces oh my god he, bro what the hell's wrong with and you? he couldn't sleep for like three or four days. Yeah, look look yeah, at that of shit. Of course, look at dude. That, Justin, in the top left. Tell me that's oh, just that great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, look at all those teeth, yeah. man. Scared yeah. the fuck out of this him. This will not be a problem for me considering yeah. I don't like scary. <laughs> so I felt Keep going, I felt so bad, right? So yeah. ever, so so recently, my son's been getting into anime. It's a thing for I guess his friend him and his friends. So I'm like, hey, you want to watch that one that I Showed you when you were a kid. He's like, no, I don't want to watch nah, it. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it's yeah. cool, dude. I'm like, is this still bothering you? He's like, yeah, can, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm like, come on, let's watch. So I, I made him watch it so that because I want him to get over the fear and wow. maybe make myself feel better. Yeah. So we watched a couple episodes and you know we're kind of getting into it. And so then he's like, oh, I'll show you an anime, and he shows me this fucking weird car cartoon. There's like no plot, so we're having this big old debate and argument over which one's better. But it's kind of cool. So we're bonding over it. So I feel. <laughs> I feel a little bit better now. This trauma is now bonded you. Yeah. I, I like that. I'm feeling a little bit better now. About oh, yeah. it, so anyway. Uh, okay, so I got a study for you guys. This is kind of cool. I think this was at a Harvard University. I'm going to pull it up just so I can make sure I don't, I don't, get, it I, I don't get it wrong. That there was this study that showed that um, they tested this on mice now. I'm going to pull this up here. Um, researchers at Harvard University used the treatment based on cannabinoids to treat mice with pancreatic cancer. And it killed all the tumor cells in 70% of the mice. What? Yes. 70% of the mice, it actually cured or killed all of the tumor cells. 
And this is a form of pancreatic cancer. Oh, I thought you might have killed the mice. No. <laughs> That's what it said. No. Didn't it sound like you said that? Uh, for a second. Of the, of, of the tumors, my yeah. bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it, it sounded like, like you said you killed the mice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How no, cool is that? Yeah, it's great, guys. Cool. I know other ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot easier. <laughs> it, killed, uh, it killed the tumor cells in 70% of the mice. Wow. So, uh, so 7 out of 10 of the mice got cured, essentially, of their pancreatic cancer with uh, these cannabinoids that they developed in a lab based off of the cannabinoids that they find in marijuana. So like a super concentrated uh, amount? Yeah, it's it's a it's a compound that they dubbed FBL-03G. And so this is what I've always th- thought. I've always thought that- Love science for those acronyms. I know. Yeah. I've always <laughs> thought- totally remember that. Because cannabinoids have an interesting effect on, can- uh, on cancer. They're, they're anti-cancer. And so I thought to myself, what they're probably going to do is figure out what's anti-cancer about them and then synthesize something that's- way more powerful and doesn't have psychoactive effects. Mm-hmm. And then that'll eventually turn into a, a cancer uh, drug. Um, and uh, it looks like they did that with mice. This is crazy because this is this particular type of pancreatic cancer kills typically 93% of the uh, of the mice that they'll ha- that they'll See, give it if to. You can get away from all this like commercial bullshit of, of CBD and get back to like these like exciting new medical advancements that we can now play with. Uh, you know, it's uh, it it is like the, the the horizon looks so much better. Well, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I've invested in companies that are in cannabinoid research specifically because of that. Because I th- I see this and I think I'm not. I don't think it's anytime soon, but I think we're looking at within within ten to fifteen years. Cannabinoid treatment, I believe, will be uh, something that will be. Yeah, but now we're focused in that direction. Yeah, which will uh, create some opportunities. Well, like see, that. the problem with with coming up with a drug is uh, it's expensive to come up with a new drug, a new class of drugs. Yeah, it's extremely, it's a huge gamble. The regulations alone, the amount of testing you have to do to get it passed, mm-hmm. it could cost hundreds of millions of dollars. And so, what companies typically do is they'll go they'll they'll go with a sure thing. So they'll say, well, we know this chemo is already approved. Let's tweak it a little yeah, bit. Just a little different variation of it. Yeah, they're not going to go in a completely new space. Yeah. So this is this is kind of interesting to me. So it's you know kind of cool. I have a cool article that has nothing to do with science. That you know on this show, I think we've talked about. It's been a while since we've talked about this, but I've always been really fascinated in the uh, Airbnb and VRBO market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been renting homes like that when we travel. I mean. Sometimes Katrina and I stay in nice hotels, but for the most part, we we tend to rent houses. And we now, as a business, we've done been doing this for the last five years consistently. And I've really watched the the evolution of it, man. I, I remember when you first would rent uh, a house if you were going somewhere, and it definitely felt like you know the people who owned the house were just not there that weekend, and you were staying at their place. Like their picture frames were up on the wall, their clothes are still in their closet, stuff like that. It just you got, you got a deal to stay at this nice house or whatever. And it was kind of, I don't know, a different feel to it. Still cool that you could get into a nice house like this for such a cheap price, but it's become such a huge market that a lot of big players have come in and now bought these properties up and they're specifically just for Airbnb or VRBO. And it's more of like that hotel experience, but in like a luxury home. And they just passed their 11 years. So it's been 11 years that the Airbnb is around and they had a big milestone and in one day, four million people were staying in an Airbnb. Wow! One day. One wow. day. Yeah. Wow. Woo! Isn't that you, want, cr- you want to talk about a disruptive uh, technology yeah. or market? I, like, if changing you're, the game. If you're a hotel, you know that's got to scare the shit out of you. Yeah. 
totally. it's got I don't think it'll kill hotels. Hotels have their own Well, I think they're no, they just have to figure a way to compete. But better. it'll it'll take them it'll it'll take a market share. Well, I think sh- it already has. The yeah. shitty Oh yeah, it already has. The shitty part is, you know, and we were talking off air about this cuz, you know, we're looking at properties to invest and do something similar and you know, one of the things that we have to look out for is there's fucking people lobbying, obviously hotels, lobbying against this and trying to shut that down for certain cities. Make it make it so that it's illegal so yeah, that you can't so rent the, your own damn house. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, man, it's so dude. dumb. Yeah, because they're, of course, they're-, they're We scared, want all the money. Scared. Mm. Instead of being competitive with it and going like, oh, I guess we have to respond and either make our hotel experience better or yeah. significantly cheaper so it's better for the consumer. No, let's lobby- Let's use our millions of dollars to lobby against it and find a way to fucking not allow them to come in. Like that's such a weak ass way. It's stupid, and it's the same way they try to control Uber <clears throat> yep. and Lyft. And there's companies that will allow you to have dinner at someone's house. So if you're traveling, let's say you go to New Orleans and you're like, ah, I want authentic, you know, Southern food or authentic food, you know, from that from that area. You could go to someone's house. They've got reviews from other people, just like a, a an Uber would. And hang out with people and get home cooked meal. They're trying to pass regulations against that. Of course, they don't want that to happen. It kills. It's a decentralizing, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is one of the one of the risks of allowing uh, government to to really regulate the market. As soon as that happens, it becomes very valuable to influence the shit out of government because now they can protect, you know, your business or whatever. <clears throat> kind of crazy. Yep. Yeah. So you guys remember Gillette when they did that whole. Oh God! Yeah. Okay. Tell me, they're getting better in terms of their marketing because that last commercial did not win me over. Yeah, when they went from their whole, you know, toxic masculinity, yes. you know, ads Just and all that stuff. Stop. Well, apparently that you know hurt their business a lot. Good. Oh, it did. Yeah. Good. Uh, apparently, it it hurt uh, a lot of their business. They lost interesting. Lots of money. You insult a fucking majority Ooh, of your consumers, your, your they, entire <laughs> customer base. <laughs> yeah. Like, Weird. Like men are all assholes. Ah, let's campaign against this. So now they're Wait, coming we out. Want to sell you razors? Yeah. Now they're coming out with a new campaign about local heroes. So now, oh, I already seen it, bro. I've already I saw that they've been. It's been running now for at least two or three months on TV, where it's like. You know, like a firefighter. Yes, or, yeah. yes. And I told Katrina when we watched them, like, look at this bullshit. They went the opposite direction so hard. If I bet if I totally called this when I saw this on TV. Mm-hmm. This was actually a couple months ago, and it was exactly that. It was a firefighter. They they pick like a local firefighter, and they do the whole fucking music and shit like that. And they, he tells his story, and it's a great story, you know. And it, you know what? It's really cool. And you know what? That's where you should have went the first time, you dumbasses. Yeah, like that's <laughs> no. that's yeah. how you, you should messed up. That that's that's how you should have marketed. But now it looks bad in my opinion because it looks like you went yeah. the, you went the so other like, direction. Oh, I'm sorry. And so you're totally the the same customer. <laughs> we still like you. The the hardcore conservative firefighter, you know, masculine type of guys guy that you insulted. You're now marketing to this way, and it's like you know what? Any of them that are paying attention yeah. that have half a brain are going to see that and probably be insulted by it just as much. So fuck Gillette. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, wait. I'm stop, saying. stop, stop. Maybe what if they want to work Dude, with them? Dollar Shave Club <laughs> all day. I don't That's know. Right, we're yeah. not even sponsored yeah, by yeah, them, yeah. but yeah. I'll, fuck uh, Gillette, I'll go bro. that direction. Yeah, and when they were first doing those ads, I remember watching them being like, how, how is this going to, what do you think you're going to do? 
I think what they were thinking is, hey, you know, their wives buy most of the products for them. Maybe if we do this, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. You know, women make up; they're the biggest consumer base. Yeah, but right, then the they, guy's grabbing the shaver. He's like, right, remember that commercial? Yeah, because they grocery shop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you tell your, you tell wife, you're like, honey, could you pick me up some of those yeah. Gillette razors? I mean, that's exactly how it goes down in my house. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I know she's shopping, and I go, hey, hon, could you pick up? I need some more razors. Yeah. But every guy that got offended by that, he's just like, hey, you know what? You know what? Don't worry about them razors. Actually, yeah, I'm gonna grow a beard. Yeah, yeah, Movember. Yeah, Forever. They, they thought she was going to be like at the store, like, you know, I know he likes these, but this one's about toxic masculinity. I'm going to get him this one. Yeah. <laughs> he toxic. needs to be woke. Yeah. No, didn't work. Later. Yeah. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Tony F. Yoga Fitness. Can you talk about the importance of grip strength training and how to improve grip? I find since my grip is weaker, it limits my deadlift and how long I can do heavy lunges, etc. I don't want to resort to wraps, but should I until I build a better grip? Who picked this question? I did. Justin over here. Alluding I love to grip. Alluding to our new program. Yeah, we have a new program coming out. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's so guys, many cool grip exercises in this new program. I have to at least highlight it. You guys it. cannot keep a secret. I can't. I swear to God. Yeah, well, that's oh, why I, I want to open the present. That's why, that's why I asked about that because this is the first program that uh, – and we could talk about some exercises that actually improve grip, but this is the first program that we actually – put emphasis on that. Yeah, that, well, it's specific to the program. But, right. You know, it's funny when we when we talk about grip, it's there's studies now that show that if when doctors are testing people to see what their 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 you know, all cause mortality rates may be moving forward, they do lots of tests, right? They do blood tests, they test your cholesterol, your they test your blood pressure, and they're finding that that testing strength it's, is one of the better predictors. Yeah, it's the most, uh, yeah, the the best option they found. It, it is. It's a simple test. You test the, the patient's strength, and if they're weak, based off of whatever metric they've developed, they say, okay, your chances, just off based off that one test, it actually predicts better than any other single test. I'm not talking about combining all the other tests. I'm talking about just any single test. It yeah. can actually predict mortality. Well, I also mortality. loved uh, you know, Joe DeFranco yes. br- bringing up like using that for HRV and like as far as your readiness, like you know, testing your grip for the for the day and like seeing where you're at. Well, so- I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, that you want to test strength. The problem that doctors have is how do we test their strength? And they found that the easiest way to do it was with grip. Mm-hmm. And then DeFranco did bring that up that, you know, waking up in the morning Testing your grip strength is a he found to be a great predictor of whether or not you I get, should work out hard oh, today or dude, not. That was mm-hmm. so, that was so it's such a so brilliant, so so brilliant and so easy. Yeah. Like that, I, I wish I had that knowledge if I was still training clients. Like that is something, one hundred percent. If you're a trainer listening right now, what a cool way to separate yourself from your peers. Because I don't got I don't know I don't know any gyms that have got a trainer that's doing that. No, you know that's I a, never did. That's assessing that I never did either. But mm-hmm. I totally would now. Like after. Talking to Joe and how he implements it, and then knowing that that that's a, that's one of those great great indicators, and knowing like how valuable like HRV the the theory of HRV can be for you know presenting or changing or modifying your program. What a cool way! 
if you had a little squeeze test thing. And and I think I would probably do it just as simple as like either having one that measures the pounds of pressure that they could squeeze mm-hmm. or like even something as simple as squeezing and holding a quarter for time. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be like someone squeeze and hold the quarter, you know, where they pinch a quarter in between the, the thing and hold on to it. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you mean quarter? Like a quarter quarter? Yeah. You put a, you, you, you know, those grip, the, the grip things. Oh, it's like a little oh, pad oh yeah, you okay. Yeah. Your oh, hand. you're talking about like you get a little gripper and yeah. then you put the quarter in between the handles. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you meant in your hand. I'm like, shit, I'll be there for. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hours. yeah, no, you got to hold the, you got to pinch the the quarter, and, oh. and most people can only do that for like thirty seconds a minute or like that. And you could probably, if you don't have a tool that actually measures the pounds of pressure they're they're creating, you could probably go off a of time how long they can. Oh, keep. that's smart. Right, that's what I mean. I like that because that doesn't require any special right. measuring equipment. Right, you mm-hmm. go buy go buy one of those at like your local sports basement type of place. Get one, and then you develop a baseline. Yeah, you develop what they what would be good, what would be good for them. Right, you'd have to probably measure them for consistent for probably a month or so you couple figure weeks. out what their baseline is yeah. and if they're lower than the baseline you know okay today's workout's going to be less intense if right I would, I would take the average of probably two weeks of testing almost every time they come in and see me i would see the high the low and then I, like you said find out what the baseline That's is smart and then i would just you know dictate that like where they land you know that. why i like that better than hrv because uh, HRV doesn't take into account stress, uh, it's your your own yeah. perceived emotion, your yeah. own perceived, uh, you know how you feel or whatever. Just strength alone. I mean, if I could everything could be healthy, but I could be feeling sad or whatever, mm-hmm. and that'll affect my strength. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's yeah. more of a. It's it's more. I th- I, it's I feel performance like be, based, it's and like, it's so yeah, this simple. Is what's really happening? So right. simple. Right. So you know, here's the thing with grip. Um, humans, we are supposed to have very strong grips. Uh, first off, we're we're primates. We're you know, we're related to monkeys. Monkeys, obviously, known for the very, very strong grips. Our hands are very; uh, we can articulate very well with them. Um, and we are tool makers uh, of all the animals in the world. We are the tool makers. We manipulate things with our hands. The problem is, we don't really do anything hard or heavy with our hands anymore. And you see a lot of the issues that people have nowadays with chronic pain is in their hands and their hands wrists. And wrists, yes. Which is, and it's not because they're doing hard, hard labor. It's because their their hands and wrists are weak, yeah, and they're typing, and then they're that hurts familiar, them. Familiar, yeah, with actual stress. Yes. Um, so here's the thing: first and foremost, just lifting weights, free weights, without using any hand grip aids like <clears throat> wrist straps, that alone will improve your grip tremendously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't lift weights at all, and then you go lift weights, you'll notice your hands getting fatigued and getting stronger just from gripping the weight. So that's number one. Number one. Don't use wrist straps. Uh, just lift weights and just use your hands and use free weights. Free weights yeah. will strengthen your hands more than uh, the machines will, just because you have to balance and just picking up and holding heavy weights is going to do a whole lot for you. I wanted to highlight two exercises though from this program. I think that were I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with like the pinch grip farmer walks and rice bucket uh, exercises. Those are great. I know. Was it you, Adam, that that brought up the the rice bucket yeah. exercise? Because I've never done that before, and I was like loving it when yeah. I was demonstrating it. Yeah, yeah. So explain how that works to the audience. Yeah, no, we just get a uh, five-gallon bucket, like a paint bucket, and then go get one of those like 20-pound bags from Costco or whatever of rice, and you just pour the rice inside there, and you're just you're extending and flexing all your- You're moving them through the rice, right? Yeah. You put your whole hand mm-hmm. in there. You're, you're opening up, spreading your fingers, closing, making fist, opening as wide as you can. And You know, that's an old kung fu practice. Did I ever, did I ever tell you guys that? No. Yeah, they, did it with, they would do it with gravel, and then they'd move up to bigger and bigger rocks <laughs> as heavier and heavier resistance to strengthen their, their fingers and hands. But rice is- uh, that's great for the average person. Yeah, I was watching, uh, God, what was it? Some old ESPN film. They used to do like, a, you know, putty 
with their with their fingers to to get their hands really really strong. I don't remember what I was watching that they did this, but yeah, and it's that, it's that same concept. I mean, I think it's been around. It's probably it's an ancient practice, I imagine. Uh, but man, it's incredible. So any and I used to have clients that have like carpal tunnel or issues like that. Any sort of wrist issues too. So you know, strengthening all the all the muscles around the joint is always uh, or typically an ideal situation when you've got joint issues. So strengthening your your flexors and extenders and all your forearm muscles, the the rice bucket is incredible. Here's for another old yeah. school one, um, and I used to do this with newspaper. Newspapers not so common oh, anymore, up. but you so you could use just mm, a big mm-hmm. piece of paper. But just take a, a newspaper, a piece of paper, and start and, and put it on a table or whatever, and start crumpling it from a, one end and slowly crumple it with just one hand until you've crumpled it into a big tight ball and then squeeze it. So that articulation, that movement. Helps work on strength. That's really what it's about is all those little articulations of gripping and and, uh, grabbing onto something and like really squeezing that Mm -hmm. or just like moving and articulating your fingers so you get all those, you know, little muscles to to work. Right. There's also uh, using plates and gripping the plates with your with your fingers flat. So, yeah, yeah, that's the pinch grip, right? Hold it and squeeze and hold and do that for time. That's a good one. Another one you can do is you can get a. Uh, of course, yeah, of course, it's right. A great things. one. Another one is you could take a, a an off uh, offset dumbbell, so it's almost like a dumbbell, but just just has weight on one side. Hold that in your hand at your arm's length, and then work your wrist in different angles because it's not just flexion and extension. You also have lateral flexion and extension. That's where your hand kind of moves side to side. Those yeah. muscles are that, also that's important. The fun movement. Yes, those we, muscles are also important. To we work. also included in that program. Didn't we do the um, the hang where you're switching grip, switch grip on the hang? Switch uh, grips. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just hanging from like a pull up bar and switch gripping back and forth. So mm-hmm. going from pronated to supinated back and forth on your on your hands and trying to hold up hold up there as long just holding your body weight up on a bar like that. And then if you're also switching from pronated to you, supinated, it used to be that a, a, one of the fundamental ways that a man's strength was measured was through his grip. How strong his hands were. Um, if you shook a man's hand, um, if you wrestled and you felt his grip, I've you know I I wrestled into judo and jujitsu for a long time, and I'll tell you something right now, somebody's got a strong grip, they have an advantage. If their grip is a lot stronger than you, they they have an advantage. Even if you if you you do combat without a gi, that they, if they grab your wrist, you could feel that strength. You know, my dad's worked uh, with his hands his whole life, and he came in here the other day with my uh, with my uncle. And uh, I think Christian was in here, and he hadn't met my dad yet. So my dad shakes his hand. And he goes, "Holy shit, you weren't lying. His hand's like a brick." And it's like that—that's because he's been using his hands for so long. And I, what was that one study I posted a, a long time ago uh, that they showed that the average man's grip strength was oh, declining, yeah, tremendously over the last twenty or thirty years, like a big percentage. No, and how do you work it out? I, I would say this: just like any other muscle, you can make you can create targeted grip work about two to four days a week. So two to four days a week, three to six sets of some kind of grip work would be plenty uh, of work for your grip. Start slow though. I've had a few people message me and say, hey, I really want to get my grip stronger. And I've been doing all these, you know, I've been doing, you know, six sets, three days a week on my hands and now my elbows are sore and my hands are sore. So, okay, okay. You started from nothing to that. It's way too fast. Start slow, just like any muscle, slowly progress yourself and then watch what happens. And what you'll end up finding is, your back exercises will get better. Your presses will get better. A lot of people don't think that a grip will affect your pressing, but it does. Uh, it, Justin talks about this all the time. Heavy bench pressing and overhead pressing, you have that strong grip. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, and then you know, I talked about grappling. Striking, if you're a boxer or you punch, a strong grip will make your punch that much harder. 
Um, and Bruce Lee was a huge advocate of grip training. Next question is from Galia Matt. How does your training change once you hit 40? Is it still possible to get into peak physical condition? Oh, well, only one of us is 40. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there soon. You know, so it's funny. It's tell like, us. How's it going, Sal? Yeah, yeah. It's funny it, that what's they- What's it like over there? Yeah, yeah, what's it on that side? It's great. Yeah. No, it's funny that they. it's like you hit a number and all of a sudden everything's supposed to change. I really started noticing changes in my performance uh, right around mid to late 30s is when I started to kind of notice a little bit of a difference. And really the difference I noticed was I required more- care in my mobility work. And I wasn't able to get away with as much as I could before. In other words, uh, I wasn't able to over apply intensity before and then come back from it. Like now, if I over apply intensity, it takes a little bit longer. I just think you have to be more, you have to apply your wisdom. I mean, yeah. if, you know, you have to be a little smarter. Like, when you're, when you're 20 you, that, and that's one of the hardest things too, I think even for our message that we talk about on the show is it, why it, uh, we were, you know, our average listener is I think the average listener's age is like 30 to 35 ish. Right. Is because I think the message resonates so much with somebody at that age. And when you're 20 something, you're like, Oh yeah, these guys are cool. They're dropping some good information, but they're a bunch of pussies. I still train like this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I, and I think to myself, like I probably would have been the same way. You know, 25, I heard these guys saying like, oh, you got to really take your time and think about this and work on that mobility. Two rep shy failure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Two reps. For, yeah. Exactly. Those type of statements that we make constantly on this show, I think when you're 25, maybe even early 30s, you kind of just roll your eyes about that. And then 40, you go, oh, fuck. Uh, this is what they mean. This is what they were talking about. Like, mm -hmm. and, and really the way it looks like for me is that my, my joints tend to be the things that scream at me. That's the things that like really, really start to tell me like, okay, like you're not 20 years old anymore. You can't get away with stupid shit like that. You have to apply all your knowledge. That's the key word mm -hmm. is get away. It, it, this doesn't mean that um, you know training a particular way in your 20s, it's more effective. And now I can't train the more effective way anymore because my body won't let me. That's not it. That's actually not it. It's the fact that when you get older, you can't get away with stupid shit yeah. anymore because the same rules apply. What's going to make my 40-year-old body progress the best is also what's going to make my 20-year-old right. body right. progress the best. The difference is when I was 20, I just got away with doing dumb shit more Well, often. there's a lot more factors that are fighting you You know, the, the more you age. And so to be able to counter all that, but then you have to have a really – you know, fine-tuned approach to, to to your progress. And you have to make sure that you stack everything just so so you do stay ahead of that. And you're also battling all these things at the same time. So, uh, yeah, you have to be a lot more intentional with uh, going into the gym and what you're going to do. And well, accomplish. It's, it's like a boxing match. It's like a fight, man. And it's like that fighter who has, like, comes out the first round with everything he's got. You know what I'm saying? Like, And you, you better hope he's, ready, yeah. he's willing to yeah, take yeah, 10 punches yeah, to yes, throw right, one. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you bunch, and you but, might knock somebody out that way and you might be a champion for some time but eventually you're gonna have to go fucking 10 rounds you know yeah, what i'm saying like yeah. and that's kind of how the body is and you get older like eventually you're gonna have to go 10 rounds and when you have to go 10 rounds you have to be a lot smarter and a lot more strategic and to sal's point is exactly right it's like it's not that it's changed the the formula i wish that i had oh, the could you imagine i wish i had the discipline and the formula that I have today for my young 20 year old self, because yeah. I just, I feel like I'd be so much further along. I'd be in so much better condition. 
uh, than I am today if I would have had all that. If I, and you know what the truth is, I had some of that knowledge. I was just too stubborn to really apply it and understand. I think that's, again, a lot of the motiva- motivation behind the message for us is hoping to reach some of that younger generation as they go through to have the wisdom of, of hey, you know what, like, it's, it's not about how much uh, misery I can put myself through or it's like that's a, and that's a problem with uh, especially young guys. I feel like we, we we tend to do this where you know the how hard it is we wear it like a badge of honor like you know like oh my god, I almost threw up and you know the leg memes and all that shit like that and going to failure and PRs and all that. it's like dude, that's all hype man yeah here's like one the, of the here's one of the big ones that I, I noticed for me I can't try to PR and push super heavy as often. I just can't do that. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I could do it and I could get away with it. And I probably wasn't good for me back then either. The difference is now when I do that too often, things start to hurt. They start to not feel good. Um, now here's the benefits. The benefits are this. I've been working out for a long time. Right. I know. You know how to whip yeah. it into shape. Real I quick. know how to train. I'm smarter with my training. I've just got more wisdom with it. I understand my body more. And here's another big one. And this, I think, also tends to come with age. And this is true for, for, for most people. I'm just way more comfortable with myself. I'm way more comfortable yeah, with my skin. Yeah, your goals, I think, too. Like, I, I've shifted. You know, I used to just want to be, oh, I just want to be big, and I want to be powerful and strong. And, and you know, you start to look at things a lot differently in terms of, like, I just want to feel good. I want to feel like I have abilities. I want to, you know, the, the whole day I want to feel, like, energized. And, like, those are my goals. Yeah. They're different goals. When you're 20, you're, you're, you tend to be way less secure with yourself. So when you're more insecure, what do you what do you want? I need to be bigger. I need to be louder. I need to look cooler. Yeah. Then as you start to get older, you're just way more confident and comfortable in your own skin. You're like, ah, I don't really care. I think I'm cool enough. I'm I'm cool. It's not a big deal. Um, and the irony of it is, that's what that's the kind of confidence that tends to shine and that people can see. So I actually think it's easier at 40 for me personally. I think for other people who waited till they are 40 to get in shape and they struggle because of the learning curve. But I think for me, I can whip myself into shape faster today than I could in my twenties. Mm-hmm. You know what to do. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like I, it's I know exactly how to cal- recalibrate the diet, recalibrate my movement, recalibrate my programming to see progress week over week. And then really, it's just a matter of commitment. You know, and that's it. Like, if do I want it? Do I really? Do I want to get shredded? Do I want to be five percent body fat right now or not? Do I want to sacrifice some of the things that they come with that and and be willing to do that? It's not a like muscle it my way there. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm gonna grind my way to that point. And it's so much easier to do that in twenties. Like, nah. It's like it's easier to do it today because of all the accumulated knowledge over all the years. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's uh, he's turned fifty eight. And he's been into working out on and off for most of his life. And he's like, oh, I hate it. He goes, I hate it because I I, I, I go to the gym. I see these young guys and they're going crazy in the gym and they're strong and this and that. And and I looked at him. I'm like, you know, I'm like, when you go into a gym, uh, the people that get the most respect. So the pe- for the people who are hardcore into fitness, like me, I've been in gyms for, for most of my life. The people that get all the respect in the gym are the older fit people. They always do. Yeah. Like the old dude that's been lifting weights forever and he's doing it right and he's still been training and he looks good and he's still able, you know, he's still able to lift it, lift decently. That's like king yeah. in the gym. Everybody gives him the bench if he needs it. Everybody, you know, asks him questions. He's the guy and he's the wise person in the gym that gets all the respect. 
So for me, I look so forward to getting to that point, you know. And as you get older, exercise becomes far more important. And it is true. It is true that I don't think I will ever outperform my 34-year-old self at 40. Um, maybe. Maybe I could get close. Uh, but as I get older, that goes gets further and further away. But that's okay because at the end of the day, uh, what it, really this is the truth now. If you exercise and you continue to age, you separate yourself from your same age peers more and more and more. Gosh, a 50-year-old that's fit yeah. is so much different than an average 50-year-old. Wait for your reunions. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. I, I, look at all your 40-year-old friends, you yeah. know, and you look at them and you're like, holy cow, like he's got a bad back. He's already had three yeah. knee surgeries. This guy's already Morbidly on blood pressure obese. medication. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Imagine when you're 50, 60, 70. I had a 70-year-old client that I used to train. And this guy was just, he gets testosterone levels checked. He was at 700. He's still deadlifting and bench pressing and squatting and fit. And you compare him to the average seven-year-old and he could just run circles around all of them. Um, and, you know, when he was dating, it was like he had to go find women in their 50s just to keep up with him because he was so fit in his 70s. So <laughs> as you get older, fitness actually gets better, in my opinion. All right. Next question is from Honestly Haley. Since you started focusing more on health than aesthetics, how have your lives changed or improved? Mm. It's um, fitness now, working out and eating now is just much more comfortable and relaxed. It's less of a stress and more of just the way I live, I think. Mm. So when I was so heavily focused on aesthetics, it was a constant thought. I need to, oh, I got to eat that. I got to look ripped. I got to work out this way. I need to look a particular way. It was less enjoyable. As much as I loved working out and mm -hmm. eating right before, it was it's not it wasn't nearly as enjoyable as it is now. Now I have such a different value placed on it that I, I'm fully confident I'll never stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could replace that word with performance, uh, and it's pretty similar. Like in terms of my anxiety levels have gone way down in, uh, from what I do in the gym. Like. It, I used to, you know, make sure that if, if I was in the gym and working out, like I am progressing and I am moving the weights and I am, you know, like stacking more weight on. And when I wasn't, it would like really, you know, bring me down. And, and it was like this constant battle of, well, I should be doing more. And then I, and it was always this, this over application of intensity. And, and that was something that I was, you know, fighting constantly now just to, to relax and to also still have moments of intensity, but then realize that it's just, I'm looking at feeling better. I'm looking at energizing myself and I'm looking at like keeping and maintaining strength. Uh, it, it's such a, a, a monkey off my back. It's such a relief that, you know, I could just enjoy this for what it is. Well, I, I want to make it clear. I still care about aesthetics. I think that it's just not the number one focus, sure. and, it, and it doesn't it doesn't come before my health, right? So that's different. You know, when I was a kid at, in his twenties, taking steroids, taking every supplement, you know, going to failure, doing doing whatever, I would do anything to be bigger. Like at that point in my life, uh, but that's been a long time. I mean, for a long time, I've not been that guy. Even when I got into competing, and I was all about aesthetics. I still wasn't all about aesthetics uh, and didn't care about my health. In fact, that was kind of my whole thing when I was getting when I was competing. I was trying to show people, you know, how healthy I could be and still compete and do that. And right? the irony is, you you probably would not have gone pro had it been the old Adam, right? right. No, no, isn't that weird? Yeah, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. You're right. So, yeah, but I I don't I don't want 
people to think that you have to be like, cause, cause people, I, no, we don't want to demonize aesthetics. Yeah. And, and I don't want people to think that like you, it's one or the other, or you, or you, you can be all about aesthetics. And then at one point you grow up and then you, then you're all you care about is health and aesthetics don't matter anymore. It's like, no, I like, I mean, I, I, I was swimming right for a while. And the reason why I stopped was because it was cutting into my weight training and weight training provides aesthetics for me. Aside from just strength, because because you can be kind of strong swimming, and I was lifting occasionally, but I was I was swimming so much and not tra- weight training enough that I was starting to lose muscle. I was atrophying, and I didn't like the way my physique looked, you know. And that's and it wasn't like oh I was insecure about it or it was a big deal. It was just like hey I enjoy sculpting a physique. One of my favorite things about that uh, weight training is that we do have this ability. We have this ability to look at the physique and sculpt it just like a sculptor would sculpt a masterpiece. And we have the we have the tools to do that through nutrition and exercise. I find that very exciting and motivating. I'm intrigued by it and I love doing it. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't do other things for my health. I work incredibly hard on my mobility. I make food choices. I fast. I, I, I will pick up swimming for a period of time. But then I also will continue to continue to revisit strength training that that promotes aesthetics a lot too because I like it. So, you know, I, I think the way my life has changed is that I'm just not the young, insecure kid who um, cares. Like I don't, I, it doesn't bother me that, you know, uh, right now or maybe three months, because right now I'm, I feel I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm pretty filled out. I'm filling most of my shirts out like I wasn't just about two months ago. Um, you know, my shirts were like coat hangers and I, I didn't really look like an impressive guy. Uh, just like two months ago. Now, I was healthy as fuck. I'm, I've been in some of the best health of my life in this last year, uh, but I didn't like. I didn't care for these things. Now, I didn't care for my aesthetics, but I also didn't feel insecure about it where I was afraid to take my shirt off or I was hiding the way I looked or uh, I was in there beating myself in the gym. It was just like, hey, you know, I'm starting to look more like a swimmer than like a bodybuilder guy. And I like to look a little bit more like a bodybuilder guy than I like to look like a swimmer. So, you know, I think your your priorities just change. You're more comfortable with the ebb and flow. Like the rea- the reality of uh, long term health and fitness is that you're going to have peaks and valleys. My body fat percentage is sometimes going to be thirteen to fourteen percent body fat. Sometimes it's going to be seven to eight percent body fat. And I'm very comfortable with what I look like at both those stages. And and, and there's there's positives and negatives of both, you know, at 13, 14%, I've got a lot of flexibility with going out and enjoying socially things with my peers. And, you know, I don't get to do as much of that when I'm seven, eight percent, but it feels awesome to walk around and have abs and be separated and look cool like that. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons of both and I'm, I'm comfortable in both places. And I think that's, what's changed uh, as I've gotten older is you know loving your body and loving who you are at at all different phases of it you know and and accepting that so I think that's the only thing that's really different for me yeah and I, I think a big big part of that is just not identifying right. with aesthetics so mm. strongly um, at some point we all I mean we we all age and at some point it's all going to change pretty drastically and you don't want to be stuck in that situation where. You're so obsessed. You're so body obsessed that now you're getting older and you're getting plastic surgery and you're on different drugs and you're getting Botox and, oh my God, now I'm hitting 40. Oh my God, now I'm hitting 50. And it's depressing and it's terrible. You don't want to be in that position. You can have a very good relationship with fitness and health, one that'll last you forever. 
and it's just it's just a much more comfortable it's a much more settled comfortable position is is what it feels like and i think you have to make that transition um as you get older otherwise it's 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 not fun it's, it starts to become kind of terrible and this is where you see a lot of people you know go on the wagon off the wagon they they identify so strongly with it they hate themselves then they can't handle it anymore they need to stop and quote unquote live their lives and then then they're like oh my god i'm fat and i don't like myself anymore and they go back and forth so it's it's a it's a great place to go to. I don't think it's a destination like you get there and you're like I'm here now. It's just an it's an it's more of a verb, right? It's like I enjoy exercise for the sake of exercise. I love the way it makes me feel. Um, I love the the health benefits. Oh look, I look good. Also, as a result, it's really valuing it for all the things that it provides, not just the aesthetic. It's a very wide spectrum. You know, the health and fitness is is not this body fat percentage or this look. You know, or this performance, how much you can lift. It's a, it's a, it's a big wide range, and in in your lifetime, you're gonna you're gonna weave in and out of. You know, sometimes you're gonna be the strongest of your life, and then sometimes you're gonna be the weakest, and sometimes you're gonna look the best, sometimes you're gonna look the worst, and you know, sometimes you're gonna have a combination of two of those things. Like it's the cool part is there's lots of plus and minuses to all ends of the spectrum, and learning to love and enjoy all of them is key. Like. When I'm a little bit softer and I'm not, you know, super shredded and ripped. You're better to hug. Yeah. I'm, well, <laughs> I'm more fun to be around, right? I'm the guy who's like, hey, pour me a drink. I'll have one with you. And and, and I'm more social in, in, in environments like that. When I'm the guy who's fucking so impressive, it, everyone's head turns when I walk in the gym. That dude ain't doing anything socially with food. I'm not going out having a drink with my buddies. I'm not having the piece of cake after dinner every once in a while. Like he just ain't doing that because what it, the sacrifice it takes to do that. So there's give and take to all of it. And I guess the answer is like you know go all over the place and and learn to do all that. I think as I've aged, I've I've learned to enjoy all aspects of that. And like to Sal's point, not identify with one. You know. Mm -hmm. Next question is from Body Generator. Does getting sweaty mean you are getting good results? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, Body generator. You're getting, so unless the results you're looking for is to sweat more, um, then no, it just means you're sweating more. Yeah. But, you know, it's it sounds you're funny. Hot. It sounds funny. Like, I'll, I'll chuckle sometimes when I'll hear this, but then I got to remind myself that this is extremely No, this, this is a very common question. Yeah. And, I mean, I bet we all have a story, too, of um, – have you guys had a client who, like, doesn't sweat? Like, I've had clients where I could, like, hammer them in the gym. And they just barely sweat. I mean, that, there's, that's a, there's genetics to that, you know. Yeah. So there's there is. I mean, a good you know the the ability to sweat is it, it does show that you're healthy. You know, you, people who actually really for reals can't sweat. It's a rare condition. Is actually quite uh, dangerous and in some cases fatal. Um, but no, the the way we tend to judge our workouts is how much I'm sweating, how out of breath I am, yeah. how sore I got. Um, and the perceived intensity. Oh my God, it was so hard. That must have been a good workout. Okay. Yeah, those two alone. The I I didn't really sweat this workout. You know, it's like it's sort of like a snag comment at the end of the workout. I'm like, yeah, I know we were working on your strength. Yes. You yes. know, it's just it's a hard concept for your average person that gets into the gym because it's it definitely is. It goes right alongside all the memes and everything where somebody's on the floor with just sweat all over their shirt and you know like oh I'm so sorry I can barely walk the next day like. That was like a badge of that was like one of the greatest workouts I did. Yeah, the, the the workout has to be appropriate for whatever goals that you have, and if that means that you're not sweating during the workout, that's okay. The sweat or lack thereof doesn't mean that what you did wasn't effective. So, for example, let's say I'm let's say I'm focusing 
entirely on building low rep strength. I want to build strength in the rep ranges of three to five reps, which has a lot of value, especially if you don't train in that rep range very often. It's got a lot of value. It can build muscle. It can boost your metabolism. Um, uh, it, it can give you a nice look to your physique and your body um, by giving you more of that solid look or whatever. So there's a lot of value into training that way. And I'm not talking about staying there forever. I'm just saying when you go in there, that doesn't make you sweat that much. It just doesn't. You're in the, you're, you're doing bench press for three or four reps. You're resting two minutes or three minutes in between sets. Unless the gym is hot, you're probably not going to sweat much by doing that. Mobility work sometimes causes not that much sweating. It can, but sometimes it doesn't. Uh, if I'm in there to do relaxing type stretching, that's not going to cause a lot of sweating. Um, cardiovascular activity tends to. Circuit training tends to cause a lot of sweating. But it's not the sweating that is making your body get the results. Um, now, there are results from uh, – there, there are some things, you some benefits you can get from getting your body temperature up that you can get from a sauna, um, that you can get from just being in hotter temperatures, which is totally different. But again, if that's, if that's your goal, like if your goal is to get better acclimated to heat – like if you want your body's ability to be able to acclimate to heat better, mm. then you are going to be training yeah, you train in it. that sweat process. But if your goal is to improve your your fitness, sweat is a byproduct of that and a side effect sometimes, but not always. So it's not a, a great measure at all. Um, all I have to do to get people to sweat in my gym is turn up the heat. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Turn up the heat. Boom, everybody's sweating. Sometimes I would joke. I, there were a couple times where the AC broke. In the gyms that I that I would run, which is a nightmare. If you're a gym manager manager and it's summer and your AC breaks, you're going to get complaints roughly every ten minutes. Yeah, every ten minutes. It also break. reminds me of the old gym teacher that would make sure everybody's doing like calisthenics and jumping exercises just to make sure like the you know the heart rate's way up and people are starting to sweat. Now we can get into the workout. Yeah. Like that's like the formula. But I would what I used to do when the gym's AC would break. There's one club I ran. AC broke a few times. It was kind of annoying. And I would make that joke to people. They'd come up and complain, and I'd be like, "Look, it's making you sweat more." And then, they, and it's funny because half of them didn't get the joke. They'd look at me, and be like, "Oh yeah," and they go back to the workout like if it was something good. It's like, <laughs> it's like no, thanks, Sal. It's, I was making a joke, dude. It doesn't do anything for you, really. So no, you need to judge the effectiveness of your workouts based off of the actual results you get. So if your goal is to get leaner, are you getting leaner? Then your then your workout's working. If, you're, if the results you're looking for are strength, are you getting stronger? Yes. If the results you're looking for are sweat, then yes, being sweaty will tell you whether or not you're having a good workout. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Adam at mindpumpadam, Justin at mindpumpjustin, and me at mindpumpsal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. 
If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>